0: Security Now with Steve Gibson, Episode 9, for October 13th, 2005. Root Kits. Steve Gibson is here. We are in Toronto, preparing to record uh, another episode of two or two or three or four, four of Call four, for yeah. Help. And uh, today we're going to talk about. Rootkits. What's a what is a rootkit?
1: You know, in in prior um, episodes of Security Now, we've we've used the term. We've sort of bumped into them tangentially, and I thought we ought to just you know take some time and really explain what that is because it's no longer just a theoretical problem. It's really becoming something that end users need to be aware of. That's not good. The term root is is the original term used for like the maximum privileged account on a unix machine. Unix of course beat Windows to the internet right. by I don't know a decade or so. You know, it was the foundation of the internet. And so when hackers wanted to get into and and compromise a unix machine because unix administrators are typically very savvy, you know, they're not mom and dad. They're like I mean they knew what was going on. They couldn't just install files and run processes because they would be spotted immediately so they realized they had to go stealth. So rootkit technology refers to it's a stealthing approach. Anything that stealths a process or files, or in the case of Windows, registry entries, basically, and, and, and even even uh, the the appearance of the process in, in a list of processes, so that stuff can be loaded on your hard drive and running in the system, and no matter what you do, you
0: can't see it. It's indetectable.
1: It's virtually indetectable. We'll talk here before we're done about new approaches that will detect rootkits. But unless you take extraordinary measures, you can't see them.
0: It seems like that's a, a pretty big flaw in an operating system, that uh, a process should be able to do that. I mean, can't they just say nobody's allowed to be this you be know, stealthy?
1: The problem is no OS we have was designed from the beginning with a, mis- a super assuming mistrust um one of the other things we're going to talk about in the future is the the fundamental problem with security being assuming trust and dealing with problems rather than assuming mistrust and then explicitly allowing the, 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 our whole security model is upside
0: down it's too bad i mean it'd be nice to say everybody's benef- beneficial nobody's being mean but in fact we know now that no matter what you're designing somebody's going to try to attack well
1: him. and it would Imagine having a system that is fundamentally hardened against attack instead of all of our systems being fundamentally open to
0: attack. Even Unix, though, originally was not designed to be secure.
1: Well, it had the idea of, like, a, the, the the root was the way you had, you know, godlike powers right. over the system. And then you were supposed to have normal users that couldn't mess around with the operating Even system.
0: Even from the beginning, Unix had permissions and, and access control and things like that.
1: Well, and, and so did Windows, actually. I mean, you know, the original NT was a, was a secure operating
0: system that had well, the ability to... NT, to, but never Windows 95, Very good. Good 98. It was point. inherently insecure, and in fact, I think that's part of the problem XP has. Is that in order to maintain compatibility with older 98 programs, they can't really have secure policies. They right. have to they have to allow programs to do things they shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who's using rootkits now besides mean little hacker kids? Well, what's happened is in this ongoing escalation
1: of spyware and anti spyware, as People are becoming more aware of spyware, and, for example, the antivirus companies are now beginning to scan for malware. And, of course, we've talked about spyware itself, Adaware and uh, Spybot Search and Destroy. There are now spyware scanners that, that attempt to find this stuff on your system. So what's happening is this rootkit technology has come down from on high, and it's it's well-known now. There are, there are sites like rootkits.com on the internet. <laughs> That have the source code for this Roots, stuff. Kids are us. And 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 the, 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 remember Frack Magazine, frack.org, P H yeah. R A C K. You know they have a magazine that is published every so often. I think they're like up to issue sixty three yeah, over the last. More, year, though, they, yeah, they, well, they, they did yeah. shut down finally, but the last the last issue is out, and it's full of of source code showing how you can do this. So what's happening is the spyware and and commercialware and other sorts of malware are now incorporating this rootkit technology to go stealth. Once they load themselves on your system, they disappear.
0: When you say Disappear? You mean if I hit Control Alt Delete, I don't see them in a list of processes. If I'm running an intrusion detection system, I can't see them there. The antivirus and the and the firewall don't see them. They're they're totally invisible. It's freaky. I mean, it
1: when you play with this stuff, it gives you a sort of a chill because you know it's on the hard drive and you know where it is. You do a directory listing and it doesn't show. Now you know we have hidden files, for example, where you're able, we're able to set the attributes to a file to hidden or archive or read only you know at that level, but at this is a level where you can 't unhide these files. your operating system will not show them how to do you. they do that what happens is they they essentially modify the way the OS itself works. They're compromising the operating system kernel. You know, in in, in operating system terminology, we have the notion of a, of a kernel, which is the OS core, and then you've got applications which run as sort of clients of that operating system. So, an, an a a program you're running, you know, Corel Draw or Outlook or whatever, that's a client of the operating system. well so are the spyware scanners so when you're running even a spyware scanner it's saying to the operating system um, in fact for example there are two there are two API calls that's find first file and find next file so if you ever want to like do a directory listing you'll say um, find first file star dot star and then you and it gives you the first file and then you you successively call find next find next find next until it returns no more files that's all there is to it so 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 that's so anything that's scanning your system is basically doing that well imagine if something altered the way the find first and find next operated so that it was intercepting the the response back to to you you out of the operating system back to any application that was asking so that if it was about to report one of its own files, it would call. It would say, whoops, and call Finext again on your behalf, skipping over that file. Suddenly, any program running on the operating system will, no, will not see any of those stealthed, root-kitted files they just disappear.
0: Do they have to kind of rewrite the operating system kernel? They replace the kernel to do this?
1: Actually, no. It turns out that the way the OS is linked together, there is a table of jumps at the end of every program, which is called the IAT, the interrupt um, access Access table. Yeah. And, and, and so all calls vector through that. L- look up the address in the operating system and then go off to there. All you have to do is change that address to your own code. And so the call goes to you instead of to the operating system. And then from there, it goes down
0: into the operating system, so I mean, I say why they make that so easy, but there are there are legitimate reasons why you want to have. it well, For IAC, example, yeah?
1: I've done that myself on my own code. I want to make sure that I don't overwrite memory, so I've intercepted the 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 memory allocation and freeing of my own software, so that I put guard bands in front and after blocks that I allocate, and I, I and whenever I allocate memory, I fill them with a pattern, and whenever I deallocate, I make sure that that pattern is still present. So it's very cool. For me, I was able to add a feature to the operating system that it didn't have for my own software by doing this. Well, imagine that that something else comes along and starts adding malicious features to the operating system. It's completely transparent to my software that I'm checking my own memory allocation. Similarly, it would be completely, completely transparent to some other software that something is altering what the operating system is doing
0: can't a tool a security tool look at that jump table and make sure that it's intact or somehow maybe write its own directory scanning routines somehow avoid this the problem
1: is that any tool like that is using the operating system even to do that
0: they just have to prevent me from doing that
1: once trust is broken it's broken so once something gets into your system you don't know what it's doing and 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 what happened
0: and you may not even know it's there because there's no way of finding out well that's because you have to use the operating system exactly
1: that's the biggest problem the only thing that you would see would be like behavior that would give it away for example there's no way it can keep the lights from blinking on your router when it's sending data out and there's no way that for example if you had another computer sniffing the traffic that, that it could hide that now the problem is it could encrypt it so you wouldn't know what it was and you know windows is so busy talking to the world now it's oh any new updates today what's going on i mean you know who knows what's going on with it most of the time
0: is it possible to write a secure operating system
1: Absolutely theoretically possible. The problem is that it's that the way OS is developed. They developed in an environment, a sort of a, of academia. In the case of Unix, it's me you know remember that th- these were hundred thousand dollar systems. Nobody was going to be carrying one in their pocket. They weren't going to go you know down to Radio Shack and take one home. And
0: there were USB keys. There weren't. I mean, there, yeah. Yeah, people literally wore white coats <laughs> to go in there. They,
1: and they had to go <laughs> a jacket because right. they were in air conditioned elevator floors. I mean, so there was no there was no awareness or presumption that you'd have 13-year-old script kiddies that, that were, you know, talking about this at lunch in in high school and coming home and and trying to outcode each other to see who could hack, you know, the, the their Christmas present from so
0: from the year before. It's pretty widely known then that. I mean, the kids are out there. They know about root kits. They know how to write them. They know how to use them.
1: Actually, it's now they, they brag about getting root on this and getting root on that. That's the term for, for compromising and getting full godlike power on someone else's machine.
0: I guess, you know, the fact that you can figure this stuff out in, in Windows shows that some people are pretty determined. I, I guess it's not so hard at all with an open source operating system. I mean, Linux would be f- fairly easy to find these. Actually, and-
1: that's one place you could argue and security people do, that full disclosure is a problem. There, there are several techniques that we'll talk about here in a minute that are successful in finding current rootkit technology because they take advantage of... St- of still undocumented stuff in Windows. Now, we know it's only a matter of time until that information gets loose. So you might say, well, using that gives you a false sense of security. But we know that the higher the fence is, the fewer people are going to take the trouble or they have the ability to
0: climb over it. But that's the old saying, security through obscurity. I mean, it's it's certainly nothing you'd want to rely on. It, it's it's not a bad thing to have. But but so you're saying that uh, open source operating system are perhaps more hackable at least in this light. i
1: would say they are more hackable because they are fully known and now people who want to argue against that and i could take that that position too it's like well obscurity is bad full disclosure
0: is good at least you're going to write something secure from the get-go well
1: the other thing you're going to do is you're going to assume the hacker has the same information yeah, you right. do that's and right. that's
0: really what you want you can't the, count on them being not ignorant in, in, in the dark exactly who is using rootkits
1: That's the real problem, and that's why it's worth us talking about this for our regular, you know, interested PC user, is that RootKit technology has found its way into downloadable spyware and malware that is part of freeware, that is part of, of file sharing systems, that is stuff you could you could have it on your system right now. You have no way of knowing. You would not know. And none of the spyware the anti spyware technology, the Ad-Aware or um, uh, Spybot Search and Destroy; those tools are not yet doing anti-rootkit scanning. Now, Microsoft's own um, malicious software removal tool has just started doing that because the, the the research group in Microsoft. Remember that we, in fact, our very first podcast we talked about the Strider Honey Monkeys. There is a Strider Ghostbuster project. the The idea is that the Microsoft uses the term ghosting as as disappear- appearing from all detection in the system so they have a ghostbuster is their is their technology which is which which they're working on to to begin to deal with this but getting back to your question spyware is now incorporating this really hard to
0: detect and remove technology you
1: don't want to name any names uh i know that cool web search is doing it. Really? Yes.
0: I mean, there's no business model that that involves hacking your customers' computers, or is there?
1: Anybody who knows about cool web search and who has gotten their their system infected. Nasty. It's nasty, gotten infected with it over and over and over. The, I mean, it, it is absolutely detected by any anti spyware tool because it's so prevalent.
0: You're making yourself an enemy.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's got to be that the people who do who do cool web search have just decided, "Look, we know the world hates us. We're just going to try to get in there anyway. We're we're going to give them this cool web search whether they want it or not and not going to let them take it out."
0: And we're going to use rootkit technology. And we're going to gonna
1: gonna use rootkit technology to prevent ourselves from being removed.
0: You give me some hope though if Microsoft can come up with a way to detect these root kits they're not completely indetectable well
1: there are two approaches in general there is in-system detection and out-of-system detection. The the fundamental problem with in-system detection, meaning that you're running your detector on the system that you're trying to test, the fundamental problem is you know nothing about an infected system. It's been compromised. You can't trust anything it tells you. Exactly. Once compromised Anything could have been done. You no longer can trust any operating system call. For example, there is one rootkit called the FU rootkit, which, which removes itself from the list of processes. There's a I mean down in the kernel, internal kernel data structures, down in in protected kernel memory, there's a list of everything running. That's what task manager shows you, that's what tlist shows you. I mean, that's what everything uses. Well, it's literally it it, it it's a it's what's called a linked list. It's a series of entries, each one pointing to the next. This thing takes the one, the entry pointing to it, and points it to the one it's pointing to, meaning that it unlinks itself from the list. Well, that's a bad thing to do because now you can't get rid of it. But that's what it wants. It wants to be undeletable to disappear from any listing. It's still running. It's got threads. It's able to do stuff, but it's sort of just disappeared from the operating system.
0: So how do how does Microsoft get rid of these things? Well, You said there's internal you can't trust. So is there an external way to monitor this? Well, stuff?
1: They're, they're, they're the fundamental problems of internal and external. Now, uh, the guys at sysinternals.com, and we're going to have a, bu- a bunch of links for, pe- for people to download this stuff in a uh, both on your show notes and on mine. Um, There is a rootkit revealer, it's called, at Sysinternals. And they've done something that is very clever. And actually, they say it's patent-pending technology, but it's exactly what Microsoft is doing with their Ghostbusters. So I'm not sure who got there first. The, the, The Sysinternals guys, they know the FAT file system and the NTFS file system backwards and forwards. What they have done is they've built... A little file system technology, basically a little mini OS of their own, which you... And it's free. This rootkit revealer is free, and I hope everybody who's listening to this is, will, will, will grab it. You just want to run it on your system. It will probably find nothing, but if it finds something, that's going to get your attention. The idea is that that any rootkit is all about hiding itself, so what this thing does is this scans the operating system from the from the normal API and it also it because it knows how the fat file system works and the ntfs file system works it also scans it itself down at the lowest level physical disk access level so it's doing a scan of what the os is telling you and it's doing it's basically it's its own little operating system scanning individual file individual hard disk sectors interpreting the, the master file table interpreting the file allocation table and all of the file and directory entries So, and what it does is it compares them because if there 's no rootkit installed the, and that is then the operating system that match you're asking exactly. at, it'll match exactly
0: right. so any discrepancy means that there's a file on there that 's not being exposed to the operating system exactly Something and, hidden
1: and, and well and what 's so cool about this is it 's universal now, hiding yourself is a bad thing to do. Because it exposes you, any any change you make to the operating system,
0: in terms of files, it will find. And pretty much anything has to at least do that; it has to save itself somewhere. Well, and many things want the the other the other stealthing technology
1: is, is to is to stick yourself in the registry. The, the question is, how is this thing going to going to get started when you reboot? These rootkits want to survive a reboot, so they've got to stick themselves in all. And we know Windows is all full of these, you know. Run once, run service, run uh, DLL, app init. There's all kinds of ways these things can start. Well, there's a a comprehensive list of them. They're in the registry. So a rootkit has to have logged itself into the registry in order to get itself started at boot. So the other thing the sysinternals guys have done, they absolutely know what's called the hive structure. The hive is the on-disk storage for the registry. So, similarly, they do a registry scan of all the known ways that anything can start itself in the operating system. Then they read the raw Hive file and parse it in order to compare it with, with what the registry scan showed. And again, anything, any discrepancy, there should never be a discrepancy. Any discrepancy says something is starting up and is taken extreme measures to hide itself from us
0: so this, this internal stuff doesn't use kernel calls at all it never uses the operating system call at all for this its own internal look
1: well it it does it, it uses the operating system call like any application would and then and then a low a low physical and that couldn't be changed by a, a rootkit well, that's the problem. <laughs> I knew that
0: was a problem. <laughs>
1: that's the problem. Is okay. In order to do that, the rootkit would have to intercept the lowest level hard disk call and be smart enough to edit. Individual hard disk sectors. That's
0: pretty hard to do. That's the point. This you have really, to know exactly what sector you're on. This
1: really raises the bar. the The rootkit would then have to also have a full little operating system in it in order to be able to lie about the contents of physical sectors. So it is way harder. And at this point, the the free free to download from internals. It's called Rootkit Revealer. People could just Google it if they I'm want to. Night, yes, running right out there. Um, it finds every known rootkit because no rootkits are yet smart enough, I mean, capable enough to, to fool it. But get this this is really cool. Um, what rootkits did start doing is when they look for rootkit revealers, and, what they do, and not lie to it, tell
0: it the truth. Yes, isn't that neat? So there's no discrepancy,
1: right. So what? So oh, I just love that. So so what happened was after Rootkit Revealer came out, the the malware said, "Oh shoot, this is Rootkit Revealer making the call. Right. Let's tell it the truth. Show it our files right. because Rootkit Revealer doesn't know about specific rootkits. It's looking for a lie, and so so the malware stopped lying to Rootkit Revealer." I love that, so what they did was now it makes up a random name for itself and runs as a windows service
0: so essentially rootkit revealer is a rootkit
1: it 's got rootkit technology, yes, because it 's accessing the physical hard drive
0: Right, it has to act like a rootkit to find a rootkit, yeah, and but we trust this internals
1: oh well, those guys are tremendous, yes, okay, so so we 're still locked in a cat and mouse battle with with the RootKit technology. The RootKit revealer, free from Internals, finds 100% of the current RootKits that are known to exist. And... Because it does it by knowing exactly how the fat and NTFS work, in order to trick it, you would have to literally be able to edit physical sectors on the fly, not creating any breaks. In I mean, you, 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 pretty hard to do. It's a serious piece of work. I mean, to do that
0: may well end up doing it. I wouldn't put it past these the, guys.
1: It's what's going to have to be done if they're going to want to uh, fool the rootkit revealer. Very interesting. Now Microsoft's approach, or any approach, oh, and and the guys at System Internals understand this. They talk about this is a limitation, and the only way to really do this is being outside the system. So the way this works, and the the links we have to the Microsoft Research Ghostbuster project, people will be able to read some some white some white papers that, that give more information about that. The idea is you. In the system, you enumerate all the files, all the registry keys, and so forth, and basically take a snapshot. Then you boot the Win PE, the um, the the from a CD. Basically, you boot Windows from a read-only medium. And now you look at the hard drive and again look at everything that the hard drive has. You, you, you parse the registry hive, you figure out what's going on, and you compare the two. So you take a snapshot that may have lies in it, and then from outside the system, from a, from a, from a CD boot, you look back at the hard drive while that operating system is not running at all and do a comparison. So presumably
0: the rootkit isn't running because the operating system hasn't booted up. You're running from a clean system. Well, yeah, the
1: rootkit exists only on hard disk as, as some files. And and there's no way for it to hide itself because it's sitting there trying to run next time you boot. So, so Microsoft recognizes that, of course, this is not easy. I mean, you know, you'd have to shut down your system. Also, there's all that pesky licensing problems with Windows. You know, I mean, it's an, an advantage of... Of, of Linux or an open source system, because people can have as many copies of the operating system as they want to. Here, um, over on the Windows side, you know, you have a, a problem of licensing a bootable copy of Windows. But ultimately, the only way to know absolutely for sure if rootkits ever get smart enough to bypass rootkit revealer is. By booting a static system and then and then comparing a, a sort of an an in system and an out system snapshot in order to find the
0: differences is Microsoft offering a product like that yet or is, no it's, it's no, nothing it's internal right now you know
1: they know at the research level that's what they have to do now there are some problems because
0: I could see and by the way we have a lot of IT administrators who listen to this, uh, this podcast because they, they of course have to fight this fight for real every single day and I could see an IT Ooh, big, speaking oh, of which, yeah.
1: I sorry to interrupt but but, but the, I wanted to make sure the IT guys know that Sysinternals allows the rootkit revealer to be run on remote systems using that that PS Exec utility they have. As long as you have access to the system, you're able to launch it
0: remotely so and you scan a, your whole network. Yes, yeah. And eventually, it would be worth buying an extra copy of Windows on a CD for doing this if you had a large installation. It's the individual user that's going to be a little hard pressed, right. to figure out a way to do this. So rootkits are out there; they're they're well known. It's the technology that they use is well known, and not much we can do to fight that. Um, but there are at least tools that we can use to try to discover them. There are, there can two... you prevent infection? Well, there same, we come. There we come we to... and other spyware. Yeah, viruses, there, yeah, there
1: we come to the issue of hardening the OS. And right now, we have extremely soft operating systems. I mean, the traditional wisdom is don't run as administrator because a non admin account you know like the guest account or a lower privileged account under Windows or even you know any of the of the open source oss the i Spe- uh, presumably, you have lesser privileges. The problem is all kinds of things break. And much software requires admin privileges in
0: order to install it. Mostly on Windows. Well, and that's because of the her- 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 heredity, or the legacy, I should say, of Windows 3.1 and 9, Well, 5, and, and 9, for 9, example,
1: 9. Rootkit Revealer needs admin right. access.
0: But well, that's appropriate. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to install software, you should be an admin. Yes. Uh, if you're going to run Rootkit Revealer, you should be the admin.
1: Yeah, what I see Microsoft doing, and I think Longhorn, uh, now called Vista has some of this. They're, they've, they're working to make it more feasible yeah. to run the system as a non-privileged user. So you're able to, to get elevated privileges briefly in order to run a, an install of, of, of some software, but you never yourself have to log on as, as that privileged user.
0: Every Unix book I've ever read, every manual, every program, every Unix, uh, sysadmin has always said, never run as root. This is one of many reasons why you never want to run as root. You never ever see that in microsoft's documentation don't well, run as administrator
1: it, it comes i mean it comes with full with full privilege who would ever you know mom and dad would never know that they have to lower their privilege because microsoft knows too many things
0: break you can't do that i set up my mom on windows 2000 as a limited user and yeah she would call me saying i want to you can't and it seems like that should be at least a, you should be able to run that but anyway but the, yeah but that's better than and she never got any spyware and never got a virus yeah because she, she was never running with high enough privileges you can't install software you can't install you and mom virus. probably
1: needs to surf the web and to check email and, and so you really want her to have a safe system and and so she you know she's not being a power user she's not going to hit that that barrier of needing
0: admin and at home my family all runs they're on Macs, but they all run as limited users it's a little easier on os 10 to run as a limited user uh, long term right um it's really hard on windows you know, unfortunately. Well, anything else to say about rootkits? We covered the topic. Just run to Sysinternals go to right Sys, now.
1: Go to Sysinternals Rootkit Revealer. Um, also, um, j- just for the sake of, of completeness, uh, people will see these these links on both of our pages. Fsecure.com com also has a in beta now something called Blacklight, wh- which is the same kind of thing. It is a rootkit revealing, rootkit finding tool. So, you know, the good news is, you know, again, it's a cat and mouse game. The the spyware has upped has, has the ante, elevated the stakes, is using more technology to hide. So we're beginning to see, you know, the, the white hat guys are, are responding. Unfortunately, we're reacting instead of being proactive.
0: The only question I have is, if you detect a rootkit, how do you remove it? That'll be a topic for another,
1: uh, another <laughs> security now. I mean, yes, uh, I would say if, if you detect a rootkit, you'll have to figure out what it is. Then you can Google and find find, find instructions can But if, you
0: can't, if no normal tool can see it. It's going to be darn hard to remove it. Well, that's
1: that's exactly the problem. So that's where you really do need to be able to have like a multi-boot configuration, right. where where again you boot off a CD, yeah, or or yeah, take take your drive and make it the D drive of another machine. Then it won't be running, and you can go and delete those files. Uh,
0: no. No, because it's still the OS. Steve Gibson, you've terrified us all, but I think it was an important thing to uh, talk about. Yeah,
1: that Rootkit Revealer, I'm, um, we'll, we'll be showing it on, on Call for Help. In fact, it's just a very cool tool.
0: Let's see uh, how many of our machines at Call for Help are oh, that's really mean, yeah. Thank you, Steve Gibson, and thanks, of course, to our friends at AOL Radio for providing us for the bandwidth for this podcast, AOLMusic.com. And, of course, you can tune in to their podcast channel on AOL Radio. And here's Security Now, along with some other fine podcasts. Uh, We'll uh, see you next time. Have Have a good trip back. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Leo. Security now.